0: We will never surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die.
1: Also where the Constitution's First Amendment goes to die, where personal freedoms go to die, and while we're at it, where voting rights now go to die as well. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling there's something right. No thanks. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And i want Get down the stairs Clowns to the left of me Jokers to the right Here I am stuck in the middle With you I am from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast that's heard on KPFK, 90.7 FM in L.A., also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, and Round Mountain's KKRN. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's Queso, Eugene's KEPW, Lanchester, Pennsylvania's W News, the Ma- uh, uh, Maui-Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, In Rochester, New York's WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV. Out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ. Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN. Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ. In Seattle on KODX. Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR. And Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day for you. On the internet, on the Progressive Voices Channel. Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdon Square Radio, Detour Talk, and most of your favorite podcast sites, Blanketing Planet Earth. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says everyone I know. Well, from Bradblog.com, where we continue to celebrate our 20th year of troublemaking, muckraking, Broadcasting and blogging. Thank you very much for joining us for another thrilling edition of the Bradcast. As things are really uh, getting kind of terrifying at this point in the great state of Florida today. Really kind of authoritarian y, to put it nicely. Is that
2: a word? (laughs) It is now. It is now. Fascistically.
1: There you go. Hi, Desi Doyen. Hi. Between uh, Ron DeSantis' new uh, Don't Say Gay law banning classroom discussion of LGBTQ issues to his Stop Woke Act, which criminalizes the teaching of uh, issues of race and slavery and bans books from libraries and pretty much whatever subject that the state of Florida feels like banning. Uh, You know, there was another far-right regime that did something similar early in the previous century over there in Germany as i recall bradblog.com's legal analyst ernie canning wrote about exactly that at the uh, at the website last week citing the chief us district court judge in the northern district of florida judge mark walker who attempted to put at least one aspect of that uh, stop woke law on hold and in doing so in his uh, decision he cited george orwell's 1984 to decry some aspects of this new law, which ironically is also, by the way, known as the Individual Freedom Act. Seriously. You know, the individual freedom that uh, prevents certain books from being in libraries and threatens school teachers with loss of employment or worse for teaching stuff deemed inappropriate by the state. That sort of individual free- the freedom. The
2: Individual Freedom Act where another parent gets to decide what your kids don't get to read in the library.
1: Here is a bit of what uh, Judge Walker Mark Walker uh, said in putting some of that law on hold for now, quote, it was a bright, cold day in April and the clocks were striking 13. (laughs) This is Walker in his decision, citing George Orwell and the powers in charge of Florida's public university system have declared the state has unfettered authority to muzzle its professors in the name of, quote, freedom. To confront certain viewpoints that offend the powers that be, the state of Florida passed the so-called Stop Woke Act in 2022, redubbed in line with the state's doublespeak, the Individual Freedom Act. The law officially bans viewpoints in university classrooms while permitting unfettered expression of the opposite viewpoints. Defendants argue that under this act, professors enjoy, quote, academic freedom, unquote, so long as they express only those viewpoints the state approves. This, writes Judge Walker, is positively dystopian. It goes without saying that if liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. Clearly, however, in Florida, it no longer goes without saying, sadly enough. Despite the challenges to these uh, laws, the DeSantis regime is not backing down. On Friday, last week, the Florida Department of Business and Professional Regulation. Remember when uh, Republicans used to hate regulations? Yeah. The uh, Florida Department of Business and Professional Regulation filed a 27-page complaint revoking the liquor license of The Plaza Live. That is a venue operated by the Orlando Philharmonic Plaza Foundation. The six-count complaint said the venue violated Florida law last Christmas by allowing a person to, quote, commit lewd or lascivious exhibition, unquote, in the presence of children, under the age of 16. The Orlando Sentinel reported that in a statement, DeSantis's press secretary, Uh, Brian Griffin said the venue, quote, violated Florida statutes and therefore, quote, the department is revoking the venue's license for the sale and consumption of alcoholic beverages. The complaint itself said, quote, DeSantis stands to protect the innocence of children and the governor always follows through when he says he will do something. That's in the complaint. So uh, I guess so much for parental choice in Florida. So what was this lewd and lascivious event that the Orlando Philharmonic Foundation that uh, uh, that was held by them uh, that's resulting in their liquor license being revoked by the state? The December 28 event at Plaza One was billed as a Drag Queen Christmas, a show that has toured the country for years during the holiday season, in fact, for eight consecutive years. It comes back to Orlando year after year because it is so popular. It includes several alumni of RuPaul's Drag Race. You may have heard of that, an Emmy winning reality TV competition show. It's been broadcast by MTV since 2009. Here's the television ad for the very popular and very funny Drag Queen Christmas program. We're back
0: at Drag Queen Christmas. Hosted by Nina West and Trinity the Tuck. We're coming to your city. 36 cities from coast to coast. Plus, very special guest, Todrick Hall. Get tickets now at dragfans.com.
1: Sounds dangerous.
2: Oh, the horror. Are
1: you okay? I probably should have warned uh, parents if they had children in the room to uh, leave before (laughs) hearing that. My apologies. In In a joint statement, according to the Orlando Sentinel, the Orlando Philharmonic Plaza Foundation's board of directors said the Plaza Live has hosted drag performances for eight consecutive years and described the venue to be a, quote, welcoming and inclusive establishment that operates in good faith and compliance with all applicable laws. Well, it used to anyway. Uh, They write uh, that that includes respecting the rights of parents to decide what content is or is not appropriate for their own children. According to the statement, they said we have just been made aware of this administrative complaint and are working with our legal team to evaluate and respond appropriately. This is nuts and it's kind of frightening. And as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, boy, have you ever seen South Pacific, Desi Doyle? Oh, yes. Rodgers and Hammerstein. It includes a drag show in it. You know, the song There's Nothing Like a Dame. Are they going to shut down musical theaters for playing Rodgers and Hammerstein's South Pacific now? Why not? Are they going to uh, ban reruns of Bosom Buddies in the, in the state of Florida? With the venerable Tom Hanks? The movie Some Like It Hot? Can't run that anymore, I guess. So in a a tweet, uh, Democratic Rep Maxwell Frost of Florida, whose district includes part of Orlando, denounced the move to punish the Orlando Philharmonic Foundation as, quote, fascism in action. He's right. He's right. Pay attention. We cannot tolerate DeSantis and his attempt to erase our communities, says Frost. I wholeheartedly condemn this attack and re- attack and remain in solidarity with our beautiful LGBTQ plus family in Orlando. He was responding to a tweet from attorney Alejandra Caraballo, a prominent LGBTQ rights activist, an advocate who accused DeSantis of, quote, weaponizing the state to eliminate queer existence. Sounds about right. In another tweet, Caraballo Caraballo noted that uh, one count in the complaint claims that businesses that host drag performances are a, quote, nuisance. She wrote they are attempting to criminalize speech. Democratic state rep Anna Ascamani, who represents the district that the venue is in, told a local TV station, quote, We have to call out the governor for his hypocrisy because he talks about parents' rights when it comes to banning books. But now he doesn't believe in parents' rights when it comes to bringing your family to a drag performance. This all, by the way, in a town, Orlando, where you may recall just a few years ago, was the scene of the deadliest single incident targeting the LGBTQ community in U.S. history. The 2016 Pulse nightclub massacre in which a gunman killed 49 people, wounded more than 50. The, uh, the show uh, did go on, however... And uh, now, I guess, everyone in Orlando gets to pay a price for it. There was a sign, by the way, posted at the entrance of the venue that advised attendees of potentially unsuitable content for those under the age of 18. The complaint filed on Friday said the sign was too small. Reacting to the news of the state action against Plaza Live, according to the Orlando Sentinel, former Democratic lawmaker and LGBTQ activist Carlos Guillermo Smith on social media accused the governor's office of overstepping its authority. Quote, Ron DeSantis's formal action to revoke Plaza Live's liquor license for hosting Drag Queen Christmas is an extreme abuse of regulatory power that can have devastating economic consequences for this local business, he said. Why can't parents decide what's appropriate for their own kids? Great question. But apparently the answer is, well, they just can't because individual freedom or something like that. This is all going in a uh, a very dark direction, I'm afraid, and very quickly. And it comes just after Ron DeSantis won his second term last November in pretty much a landslide in a year where Republicans almost everywhere else did not do well at all. So one question for my uh, guest uh, joining me momentarily. What has happened to Florida? And how can it be that voters would actually want this sort of thing from their governor and their state legislature? Now, even though DeSantis will now have another four years as governor, in theory, he is Uh, believed to be preparing to run for the Republican nomination for president in 2024. And to that end, as all of this authoritarianism continues to pile up, perhaps voters in the Sunshine State will have maybe second thoughts about all of this, may end up voting against their own governor in the Republican primaries for president. So maybe that's just one of the reasons why Ron DeSantis and state Republicans beginning in next year's elections will be making it much, much harder for voters who vote by mail to have their vote counted. Or to put it another way, a new Florida law will make it much easier for vote by mail votes to be tossed out entirely. Happily, state election officials including Republicans, are now pushing back against this new form of voter suppression in the Sunshine State. The great Ion Sancho, voting rights champion and former 30-year supervisor of elections in Florida's Leon County, home to its capital, Tallahassee, he joins us next to explain all of the above for you. And Desi Doyne's latest Green News report is also later in today's program. Yep. Probably. I'm Brad Friedman. You're listening to The Bradcast.
2: The Bradcast and The Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. Please drop by bradblog.com slash donate. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks.
0: Why yeah, does sunshine damn yeah every day.
1: Hope we're still allowed to play that song in Florida. Welcome back to the Bradcast, Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. Apparently it's never too early before an election, uh, especially in Florida, for uh, GOP-led states to try and make it more difficult to vote in their state. Uh, You know, hey, power doesn't just hang on to itself. If Republicans don't suppress the vote, how can they be expected to stay in power with their ideas? Silly you. Happily, in Governor Ron DeSantis' increasingly authoritarian state of Florida, county election officials are still elected by the people, and those election officials of all parties are pushing back on newly adopted absentee voting restrictions in Florida in advance of next year's presidential elections. County election supervisors in Florida are urging the state to, to throw out new vote-by-mail restrictions that are set to be rolled out next year, saying the measures could present serious logistical and security issues. In a report sent to the Florida Department of State last month, a working group of local election officials in Florida warned that the new identification requirements, which will require voters to provide a driver's license number or partial Social Security number on their ballots, will create significant election reporting delays. Delays, well, that is anathema to Florida elections, it seems, which since the year 2000 now prides itself on turning out election results, right or wrong, as quickly as possible. That, following lengthy legal challenges and attempts to accurately count the results of the incredibly close presidential election back in 2000, Attempts to accurately tally results which were ultimately forced to be scuttled thanks to the U.S. Supreme Court at the time. In addition to delays, the group of elected supervisors of elections report uh, that the new restrictions will also result in a slew of new costs for local election offices and could disenfranchise large numbers of voters. Not that that has been much of a concern from Tallahassee in recent years. Unanimously, Florida supervisors of elections view this legislative proposal as unnecessary and lacking adequate feasibility for implementation, they wrote in their report to state officials. Florida's new vote-by-mail measures are part of sweeping legislation that was signed into law last year by Republican Governor Ron DeSantis. Provisions in the law, known as Senate Bill 524, are similar to restrictive vote-by-mail ID rules that went into effect in Texas last year. Those restrictions in the Lone Star State, you may recall, as we reported at the time, resulted in no small amount of chaos as local election officials there said that those new ID requirements tripped up thousands of voters. Early on in the Texas state primary back in March last year, some counties were reporting preliminary rejection rates of vote-by-mail ballots as high as 38%. After officials then tried scrambled to try and help fix or cure the deficiencies on those rejected ballots under the new law, there were still some 12 percent of mail ballots statewide that were ultimately rejected. Twelve percent. That's a lot of disenfranchised voters. And that's particularly true in Florida, where elections have been known to be very, very close over the years. One voting rights advocate described the Texas disenfranchisement as, quote, catastrophic for democracy in the state. So, naturally, Republican lawmakers in Florida are hoping to do the very same thing in the Sunshine State. Mark Early, the Supervisor of Elections in Leon County, that's home to the state's capital in Tallahassee. He is the current president of the Florida Supervisors of Elections Association. And he says that local officials watched Texas closely last year and are very concerned about rolling out similar requirements in a state where significantly more people vote by mail. Texas's vote by mail program is largely restricted to seniors, but in Florida, all eligible voters are allowed to vote by mail. On average, about a third of all ballots cast in Florida's elections are mail ballots, which Early says raises the stakes of any big changes to the state's ballot by mail program in texas many mail ballots were rejected because voters used a driver's license number on their uh, vote by mail ballot when their voter file had a social security number tied to it or vice versa since most voters have frankly no idea which id number that they initially used on their voter registration i know i don't it was years ago those ballots were rejected unless voters, A, learned about the problem in the first place, and B, were somehow able to work with local election officials to correct the problem by the deadline. Officials in Florida are worried uh, that uh, voters could similarly be disenfranchised if they provide ID numbers that are not in their voter file, file, or if they do not write their ID information legibly, according to the report that was sent to state election officials. They wrote that most voters register while getting a driver's license, which means that their license is the number that officials are most likely to have in their voter record. Contrastingly, the election official report notes, most voters provide the last four digits of their Social Security number when they're asked to verify their identities. As such, a disparity exists between what information is in the voter file and what information voters Provide to be verified. Supervisors do not have the tools to reconcile those differences, the report warns. Mark Early said lawmakers also didn't include anything in the law that specifically addresses how election officials would allow voters to cure their ballot if there is missing or incorrect ID information. Even more troubling, well, under Florida law, officials have just two days after Election Day, to finish counting mail ballots. Remember what I told you about how they like to do it very quickly in Florida? Mark Early said uh, that could potentially disenfranchise voters in upcoming elections. I think the word potentially is very generous, frankly, in that statement. Early noted, quote, it's going to be a very difficult, it's going to be very difficult to get all those vote-by-mail ballots Counted in time. I should say so. And I would also say that all of this is by design, not by accident, but that's just me. Joining us now is our old friend Ion Sancho, who held Mark Early's job as the supervisor of elections in Leon County for more than or for nearly 30 years. Before he retired a few years back, after he had run unopposed for the job for most of those years and was so well respected by his peers across the Sunshine State that they chose him to oversee the eventually aborted 2000 presidential election recount. He has been a champion of voters for all of those years. And all of the years since, uh, since he uh, retired, sadly, in 2016. Oh, Ion Sancho, welcome back to the Bradcast, amigo.
0: How are you doing, Brad?
1: I'm okay. Boy, I, I, I miss you on the job in Florida, though. It does sound like your uh, successor, Mark Early, is, uh, is is picking up where you left off and, and doing a good job himself. Um. Ion, before we get into the specifics of what I see as really just the latest attempt by Republicans in Tallahassee to undermine democracy itself, Uh, this is hardly the first time that Florida election officials have come together in a bipartisan Fashion to push back on these restrictive and suppressive voting laws coming out of Florida's right-wing state legislature over the years, you have overseen and uh, pushed back against a lot of these laws in your uh, in your time as supervisor of elections there yourself.
0: Well, starting in, in in 2010, with the election of Governor Scott, we've seen a continual onslaught. Designed to limit voters, legal voters, from casting ballots by making the process more difficult, by uh, changing the rules, and not providing any information to the citizens about it. For example, two years ago, the first major legislation pushed by Governor DeSantis mm-hmm. following the, the 2020 election, in which he promulgated the big lie, as well as well, most of the Republicans they canceled the ability to carry over a vote-by-mail request for multiple elections this had been a standard practice and expanded because quite frankly from the years 2002 until 2020 Mm -hmm. republicans have been the dominant force using the vote-by-mail ballots Mm -hmm. here in the state of florida and so uh, it, it was very surprising to see what happened in 2020 because this not only impacts on on, uh, Democratic voters or African Americans, it impacts on every voter in the state. Mm -hmm. And every voter in the state who had requested a vote-by-mail application had that application canceled. That was in Senate Bill 90. Uh, And that was just, it was unnecessary. And quite frankly, we had established a process on vote-by-mail and and, quite, and, and, and I was one of the leaders in that process, beginning in 2002, mm-hmm. because every legal citizen should be able to vote in a convenient manner as he or she design, desires. Y- it's as it's, it's simple
1: as that. And, you know, uh, you mentioned that Republicans used to use uh, vote by mail more than Democrats on this latest measure that, you know, forces ID uh, in some fashion on these vote by mail ballots. I used to note, uh, at least prior to the pandemic, when Republicans, it wasn't just Florida, but really everywhere around the country, tended to vote more by mail than Democrats did. I used to complain that during that period, Republican lawmakers were often adopting laws to require very specific types of photo ID that they knew many voters of a certain type did not actually have, but it was only required uh, for voting at the polling place. There was no such ID required for absentee voting. Is it any coincidence that now all of a sudden GOPers in Florida and elsewhere suddenly want to force ID restrictions on mail ballots as well as you see it, Ion. Oh,
0: absolutely no coincidence at all. Beginning in 2018 and culminating in 2020, 1.4 million more Democrats cast vote by mail ballots than Republicans, and that was completely due to COVID. Uh, and we had a governor here that made uh, made surviving in Florida very difficult mm-hmm. because he attacked school boards, county commissions, any local governments that tried to put. Basic public safety uh, uh, regimen in place in their communities. They were attacked. Uh, school boards were, were attacked and, and, and overturned now. In fact, the governor, governor DeSantis has really declared war on any human being that has a different political ideology than himself. Mm. Um, I will tell you, as recently as yesterday, he mm-hmm. attempted, he put together a, symp- a symposium in Miami to look at how to overturn New York Times versus Sullivan. Mm, He uh, is going to try to change the political landscape here so that only conservative ideas and philosophies can't uh, will be paramount It's yeah it's shocking it's just shocking
1: and and there's really you know there's nothing conservative frankly uh, in my opinion about uh, you know, going back and uh, you know, overturning essentially the the first amendment of the constitution which he seems <laughs> to want to do in many cases but uh, but I, on, on these on these voting laws, you know, the one hope that I do have, uh, and this has been consistent over the years, is that. Um, the pushback from the elected supervisors of elections in Florida who seem to work together still in a bipartisan way. They seem to be the sort of the only thing that has, has often helped to roll back some of the state GOP's most onerous and restrictive voting policies over the years, uh, which they seem to be you know, trying to make more and more restrictive year after year. Uh, why is it and do you still feel confident, Ion, that the state's election supervisors elected in each county from all different parties or independent, no party at all, that they uh, that they are able to come together uh, and, and actually make a difference in changing these uh, restrictive laws?
0: Well, they're trying to, Brad, but it's very, very difficult because supervisors of elections run an election agency. We are not politicians. Our job is difficult. It's time consumptive, um, and uh, every voter in that community is part and parcel of of the electorate that 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 elected that supervisor of elections. Mm-hmm. And even though, and I will tell you this, a majority of the supervisor of elections are Republicans, mm-hmm. they cannot stomach what they see the Florida legislature doing because it's. It's real simple. It's not fair. Mm-hmm. Every supervisor of elections in the state can see that this is simply a partisan attack on voters that the governor's trying to suppress. Um, and that offends them. Mm-hmm. And they've really taken this new hard line, um, starting with the last year's bill, Senate Bill 524, that really has all of these rules that mm-hmm. Texas actually took them from Florida. Texas had an, an odd-year election. We, Our election is this year. We passed these rules two years ago, and Texas utilized them, mm-hmm. and you correctly identified the the havoc that was caused in Texas when upwards of 30% of the vote-by-mail ballots were voided as improperly filled out. So this is now Florida's tar, turn to deal with these, and the supervisor of elections are saying this this is not correct. You... Do not give us the tools. We—they already have a software program that really defines almost all the vote-by-mail ballots and parameters. Mm -hmm. That would have to be junked. There is no replacement for the software, which means that it would take uh, each county would be on their own, depending upon how they could get the ballots tabulated. We have a cure provision that. Allows for a uh, voter to make a, a non fraudulent correction to a to an error mm-hmm. and and uh, we don 't even know if the cure provision applies here, although I would certainly say it does because I was in the courtroom when federal uh, judge Mark Walker struck mm-hmm. down the previous Florida cure provision, which said that you had to cure all the provisions before the election. <laughs> Which, in many cases, people don't even realize they've made a mistake uh, until the ballot reaches the office.
1: And and, Uh, and the the ballot can reach the office, a vote-by-mail ballot. uh, When does it have to be in Florida? When does the vote-by-mail ballot have to uh, get to the office? By election day? Election day. day. By election election day. day.
0: Election day. If it it arrives at 7.01 on election day, it's void. Really? Even though it's a legal voter. And even though a third party like the post office may Mm -hmm. have delayed... And the, and the ballots have been sitting in a post office um, for three days. It's irrelevant. It's not in the supervisor's hands by close of elections at 7 o'clock sharp.
1: And if a ballot gets in at 659 and they have included their the last four digits of their Social Security number on it uh, and correctly, but their voter file, which they you know maybe registered years ago, actually has their driver's license number on it, well, then they have... Two days to, am I understanding correctly, to contact all of those voters with those errors and somehow get them to come in or something in some way oh, to it's cure? Even, yeah?
0: It's, it's even worse than that. Okay. The prior law said that the supervisor of elections had to make an effort to contact the voter. Mm-hmm. The current law eliminated that. So. If there's a mistake on the ballot, you would only know about it if you yourself called up the Supervisor of Elections office or went to the website and ascertained whether your ballot actually had been counted. The Supervisor of Elections is not going to do it anymore.
1: And all within two days following yeah. Election Day.
0: It, it's and, and and you're right, those ballots, uh, it, it's a, it's a logistical nightmare. The Supervisor of Elections don't have enough highly trained staff to be able to do this. And their their fear is that look at what Texas did. Mm-hmm. They were eventually able to get down to their to their rejection rate to about five percent. That's <laughs> four times higher than the typical rejection rate in Florida. Our rejection rate for vote by mail ballots is under one percent. Right. And in the twenty twenty election, uh seventy nine thousand ballots were cured. Um so this whole process that we've carefully spent a decade building to ensure that legal voters get cast and have that ballot counted is uh, is under is under direct threat, and by individuals who have not a clue how Florida elections work, because these recommendations came from the uh, from Heritage Action, the mm-hmm. political arm for the Heritage Foundation, yep. and they and Florida basically has a pre um a pre examination process that ensures that nobody can be added to the roles unless they're verified through number of uh, methods, and that's something that most states don't have but these jokers up at heritage they don't they don't understand that they don't understand that there's a reason why no Mickey Mouse can't cast a vote mm-hmm. uh in the state of Florida because Mickey Mouse doesn't have a social security number <laughs> uh and uh, a driver's license number. Uh, That we can verify by going to the Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles Department, which Mm -hmm. we're linked into, Mm -hmm. and the Department of Corrections, which we're linked into, um, so that we actually ensure that the voter is a legitimate voter before they're even added to the rolls. And that is something that a majority of the states in the United States don't do.
1: And it's obviously something that Heritage Foundation uh, either doesn't understand or doesn't care about. Uh, You know, Ion Sancho, we had, uh, we spent some time, I think it was a week or so ago, with Brendan Fisher of the uh, Good Government Group Documented. They have been, yes, documenting the millions of dollars that the uh, right-wing Heritage Foundation has been spending to push these laws, uh, to push, you know, GOP officials to adopt these so-called model legislation measures. Um, and this is why we're seeing the same things pop up in state after in Texas, Florida, Georgia. Did this happen Correct. when you were serving as the election supervisor in Tallahassee? Were there these groups like Heritage and uh, the American Legislative Exchange Council, Alec pushing these so this so-called model legislation through uh, this, this to state officials and so forth, pretending well, well, that these were their own, uh, you know locally grown well, laws?
0: Uh, yes. Yes. But as you noted earlier, the Alec recommendations went to early voting in person voting mm-hmm. that's where they were attacking because their own voters up to that time were using the vote by mail so they left that alone so this is this is a, a direct result of Donald Trump who made these insane allegations and I hope he uh, and I hope Fox News pays a, a few billion dollars for their errors here mm-hmm. because they pushed lies. They pushed lies that every election official in the nation, except for a few super partisans, understood were lies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Hayes, who's a former Republican senator and not a conservative by any stretch of the imagination, is the supervisor of elections um for Lake County and, and and he calls us absolutely horrific. And the unintended consequences of, of this are, 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 are unknown. Mm. I will tell you that the previous attacks on early voting, for example, had the unintended consequences of turning a lot of Republican voters in Miami-Dade for Obama. Mm. Because when they attacked and, and limited early voting, for example, in 2010, they neglected to understand that in Miami-Dade, the Hispanic Republicans loved early voting. They loved it, and Ann Navarro, who was the state committee woman on the RNC for the state of Florida, went went crazy and organized an attack on Republican leadership. And in the 2012 election, for example, Obama garnered over a hundred thousand additional votes in Miami-Dade, and they were not Democratic votes. Mm. That was a attack on the leadership of Republican leadership by Republicans saying. You are attacking our favorite method. And that's the one thing that gives me hope that these horrible, horrible provisions in 524 might be mitigated, because, in fact, it's going to impact Republican voters as well.
1: well, Yeah, but, Ion, uh, Ron DeSantis, he reported, you know, after winning by... Under one half of one percent, as I recall, back in 2018 when he first ran, which, you know, might make someone like that think, hey, maybe we don't want to put in place a law that, you know, could disenfranchise even four or five percent of the public unless, you know, have a pretty good guess about which part which part of the public is going to be disenfranchised. But in his uh, reelection uh, last November, he reportedly won by a landslide. What does that mean for Florida and for DeSantis himself as we move towards 2024, where he's seen as a front runner? Does the state of Florida? Uh, You know, you say that Republicans were furious about what Republicans did there, but they don't seem to be acting like it now, even as DeSantis is, uh, you know, putting in new voting restrictions, also banning library books, also threatening school teachers with arrest, uh, you know, for teaching issues about uh, race and LGBTQ people. He's even challenging Disney for crying out loud. I mean, I guess in short my question is what the hell has happened to Florida Ion?
0: Well, in 2022 what we saw was a complete collapse of African American voting in the communities. And that was uh another portion of the bill which had to do with the elections police mm-hmm. and on uh, live television, they arrested African Americans illegally. It turned out mm-hmm. every arrest uh, that uh, that has been made um, has not been able to be successfully prosecuted, except for the original bunch that they intimidated in Latua County, because they uh, didn't. There, there are no rules for for holding people in violation of of uh, making a simple error. But I will tell you it had a tremendous impact in Florida. Mm. But now that DeSantis has gone to banning black history, banning any kind of African American studies that make white people disturbed, yes. you're seeing another backlash going now, a backlash that didn't occur uh, with the attack of, of, of former African Americans who were felons. This is much more this is much broader, and I'm seeing a kind of activism and and fire in african americans that i haven't seen in a long time actually since 2000 mm. um there there is uh, he may have overplayed his hand here because it was it's one thing to intimidate individuals who are fearful of uh, of being arrested for voting it's another for saying you cannot teach my history mm. you cannot teach the truth that's a whole nother level of authoritarian attack that DeSantis has gambled on, and he's just doubling down. He wants to be the conservative king of America.
1: You know, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that point because we, you know, we did cover when uh, his police, it was part of the same law, SB 524, uh, this state elections crimes police force or whatever he calls it. It's actually sort of Ron DeSantis's uh, personal police force. He had uh, about 20 former felons last year round up at gunpoint, most of them black, most of them in South Florida. They were arrested for voting years earlier back in twenty twelve even though they had no idea that it was unlawful. Uh, And in many cases, state officials told them they were allowed uh, to vote. They were handcuffed and hauled off to jail. Uh, And many of them, as you noted, uh, saw the charges were later dropped. Uh, They were arrested illegally. But in the meantime, Ion, just last week we had... Uh, Another white voter in the very Republican villages area of Florida found to have double voted in the 2020 election, purposely voted twice in two different states unlawfully uh, before this one again was eventually sort of let off with a slap on the wrist uh, for those Actual crimes. Um, is there any reason that DeSantis didn't sick his new election crimes unit on the folks down at the villages? Because boy, there seems to be a lot of voter fraud going on there. Ion.
0: Well, that, those are his people, and so yeah, there was no there was no uh, armed arrests and and filmed arrests there, and the individuals there get off with uh, probation and uh, community service, unlike the individuals. Um, who were spectacularly placed mm-hmm. in front of the uh, of the media, and those charges were later dropped, thrown out. But how many African Americans know that? Right. They see the headlines: Governor arrests these individuals. Right. Well, so there was a, there was a dramatic cl- collapse, the largest collapse in African American turnout mm-hmm. in a, in a general election in my memory occurred uh, in twenty twenty two. Wow. And now he's doubling down with his uh, anti-woke campaign. Yep. And I, I, I'm not sure if you're following what's happened to New College, which yep. is in Sarasota, yep. a wonderful, wonderful college, which has now become uh, Hillsdale College South, I guess. And Christopher Rufo, the liar who uh, has misbranded CRT and made it the boogeyman that it is for the right, he, not a Florida resident, is on the board of trustees yeah. for New College.
1: yeah. No, it is is absolutely mind blowing what is going on in Florida, and you would think this is someone who does not want to win a presidential uh, race, uh, but uh, maybe he knows something that uh, that the rest of us don't. We will have to see as this moves forward. Ion, I got to get out, but um, very quickly, what is what is next for this challenge on this. Specific uh, uh, voter f- uh, photo ID restriction law, It's uh, w- will this go into place this year, or is there a lawsuit? Will a well, uh, sternly a written letter of- be enough to the state lawmakers?
0: Well, they, 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 the letter from the workshop group, uh, which, which is uh, dominated by Republican Supervisor of mm-hmm. Elections, has asked that these provisions not be used until after the 2024 election. They, they, we need to write new software, we need to uh, change the procedures you can't do that overnight, and they need money every, under these provisions every vote-by-mail envelope that every supervisor has in the office would have to be trashed every one of them <laughs> uh, all of every procedure that you're used to using for vote-by-mail ballots got to be changed and a new implementation, well, excuse me you, can't, you, you need to do that over time. You need to actually see the impact. And hopefully uh, some of the Republicans will listen to the fact that, hey, your voters, because where this will blow up, the first election under these news rules will be the March presidential preference primary, yep. where you've got two apex Republicans possibly on the ballot. Yep. And you don't want that election to melt down. That's the next election that these election officials are zeroed in on. March of the presidential primary in 2024. That's the next stop. And these rules could destroy the presidential primary in Florida and wouldn't that put some egg on DeSantis's face.
1: Florida Governor Ron DeSantis versus Florida resident Donald Trump. I'm sure it will all go just fine, Ion. Also, oh, yeah. I have a feeling we'll be calling you uh once or twice over the next couple of years. A lot of stuff going on in Florida for some reason. Ion Sancho is the former Leon County, Florida supervisor of elections for almost 30 years before he retired in 2016. But he is still kind enough to join us and tell us what the hell is going on in the Sunshine State here on the broadcast. You can find him and you should find and follow him on the Twitters at Ion Sancho, the number one. Ion Sancho one. Ion, always great speaking with you, my friend. Look forward to doing so in the near future.
0: Thank you very much, Brad. You bet.
1: Okay, uh, I'll <laughs> tell you what. This is uh, creepy, dark. What's going on in Florida? Yes. Uh, and the fact that it was so successful that Ron DeSantis was so successful, won in a landslide. But Ion's explanation there uh, is beginning to make sense, oh, and uh, how definitely African Americans are. Uh, well, we're staying home. Let's hope that doesn't happen, and let's hope everyone is able to vote in Florida in 2024.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a fight, though.
1: Yep, as usual. Quick break, and we are back with Desi Doyen and the Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. You're listening to The Bradcast. Well, there's not a whole lot of melting going on across the U.S. uh, this week. Nope. With some unbelievably cold temperatures, which, you know, as we discuss, uh, means uh, global warming is over. In our latest (laughs) Green News Report. The vinyl chloride contents of five rail cars are
2: currently unstable and could potentially explode, causing deadly disbursement of shrapnel and toxic fumes. Ohio chemical train derailment forces evacuations. Chile battles catastrophic wildfires amid record-breaking heatwave. Plus, for the first time ever, global investment in clean energy equals fossil fuel investment. Really? Yeah.
1: All of those stories and more straight ahead from bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. What about the damage oil is doing to our bodies? I mean, kids are growing up with asthma now. Okay, yeah,
0: and the asthma keeps the kids from smoking cigarettes. I mean, it's actually a thank you, oil.
1: Thank you, oil. This is your Green News Report. Planet Michael is breaking down the Great Barrier Reef. Uh, okay, I thought we were supposed to be breaking down barriers, right? <laughs> soak up the sun. Okay, Desi Doyen, so.
2: What's going on in Ohio now? Well, as we go to air, 5,000 residents of East Palestine, Ohio, near the Ohio-Pennsylvania border, remain evacuated due to a massive fire and the risk of explosion caused by a 50-car derailment of a freight train that was carrying deadly hazardous chemicals over the weekend. The cause is under investigation. County officials told residents that air and drinking water were safe, but rail crews are working to contain chemical runoff that was observed in nearby streams. On Monday, the rail operator completed a high-risk controlled release of toxic chemicals from several damaged rail cars. A
1: high-risk release of dangerous chemicals?
2: Yes, but Ohio's Republican Governor Mike DeWine said that would reduce the risk of, quote, catastrophic explosions. Wow.
1: Is this in a residential area? Is this near schools? Uh, This sounds... Sounds
2: bad. It is bad. Schools have been closed for the week due to this emergency. And it's in a somewhat rural area about 15 miles east of Youngstown. But the good news is that the derailment shows that stronger rail car safety regulations have worked to contain much of the deadly chemicals, despite the opposition of the rail
1: industry. Yeah, well, you know, regulations, those are bad.
2: The firefighting efforts at the derailment were hampered by a record outbreak of extreme cold across the Northeast over the weekend. In New Hampshire, a mountaintop National Weather Service station recorded a wind chill of minus 108 degrees Fahrenheit. That is the all-time coldest wind chill ever recorded in the United States in nearly a century of record-keeping.
1: Well, the good news, apparently that means climate change is over.
2: If only that were so. No? An emerging area of climate research links the increase in these extreme outbreaks of Arctic air in the lower 48 to man-made global warming because it is altering the jet stream that steers weather systems across the U.S. Oops. In other chemical industry news, chemical manufacturing giant 3M recently announced that it will discontinue production of toxic PFAS chemicals by 2025, known as forever chemicals because they don't break down in the environment. The phase-out is not because 3M admits that PFAS chemicals harm humans. Human health, but because future litigation could cost the company more than $30 billion.
1: So, good news, they're going to stop making them. Bad news, they're going to keep making them for two more years.
2: In South America, Officials in Chile have expanded a state of emergency to new regions as firefighters grapple with more than 260 raging wildfires that have erupted in recent days, fanned by extremely dry winds and a scorching, record-setting heat wave. At least 24 people have been killed in the wildfires, making it the country's deadliest wildfire event on record.
1: 260 wildfires.
2: Yes. Yes. Wow. In energy geopolitics, Europe has imposed a ban on Russian diesel fuel and other refined oil products, further slashing its energy dependency on Russia in retaliation for Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Good. Helped in part by an unusually warm winter, EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen announced late last week that the EU has succeeded in diversifying its energy mix away from Russian oil and gas and will further accelerate the EU transition to clean energy. We decided to speed up the transition or the diversification away from Russian fossil fuels, and most importantly, to accelerate uh, the investment in renewables. Good. Wind and solar became Europe's top power source in 2022, generating more electricity than coal, natural gas and nuclear for the first time ever. Thanks, Russia. And finally, the clean energy sector, for the first time ever, saw a record high 1.1 trillion investment globally last year, equal to investments in fossil fuel. That's according to a new analysis from Bloomberg News, which found investments in solar, wind, electric vehicles and other clean energy technology grew 20 to 50 percent over the previous year, with China accounting for nearly half of all global clean energy investment.
1: Thanks, China. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. I'm
2: thankful though I know it's ending all too soon.
1: Yes, I am thankful. By the way, I saw after we did our Green News Report, you showed me some of the video of that Ohio uh, train derailment, the so-called controlled release yes. of those toxic chemi- chemicals.
2: That didn't look very controlled. No, did it? my
1: God, it several massive didn't.
2: fireballs Holy shooting up into cow. the sky. So,
1: and that was the better case scenario than what could have happened.
2: That was kind of the best case scenario wow. for what could have yeah. happened. So, luckily, um, those people that lived nearby did not get to experience what it's like when the rail cars don't hold in their toxic chemical container stuff. It'll be
1: interesting to see how long it'll take before they're allowed to go back, given all the crap now in the air that toxic
2: yeah crap. and and would you want to go back to your house knowing that you've got a railroad right behind your house maybe that has uh, that's carrying these kinds of hazardous substances
1: i met a woman who uh was in a plane crash once and i said are you afraid to fly in planes now she said no what are the odds that i'll be in two plane crashes
2: you know, those are odds I don't know that I would want to take. <laughs> That's
1: right. Anyway, we got to get out. Uh, my thanks to Desi Doyen, our producer, as well as to the great Ion Sancho, my guest today, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program or you just want to listen to it again or share it with someone you know, love, or hate... You can download it for free anytime at bradblog.com, where, yes, we continue to celebrate our 19th anniversary, now in our 20th year of troublemaking and muckraking, all listener and reader supported by folks like yourself who hit one of those donate buttons, or go straight to bradblog.com donate. Drop me an email if you like. Always good to hear from you. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks, Twitters, and Mastodons, I am The Brad Blog. We'll see you there until we see you here next time. Oh, with special coverage of the State of the Union with Digby and Driftglass, I think. That's coming up uh, on our next thrilling Bradcast. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.
0: And thanks again for taking me on the road to paradise, we lost our way, but still I must convey my thanks.